0: So we've shared a, just a short testimony of our trip to Romania, but um, as a part of the word, I wanted to share something um, that it's actually a little verse we received while we were on our trip, and I was really blessed by it because um, I was invited to preach at that that Baptist church, and it was a it was a little town that I they told me the name, but it's, again, that's one of those names that you know didn't stick. Um, but it's just outside of, of Timisoara. I was sharing on on hope in fact, about being a prisoner of hope. And uh, afterwards, one of the elders was there, and he said, you know, I feel a scripture for your church. I was like, wow. And and he shared that. And and the scripture was this, in Isaiah 33 and verse 2. It says, O Lord, be gracious to us. We have waited for you. Be their arm every morning, our salvation also, in the time of trouble. And I was thinking, really, how this is such a precious word. And I, I just kind of wanted to consider this verse a bit with you as a church. You know, if the Lord's speaking this to us, we want to receive it. Um, now, the context of this chapter with Isaiah is, is he's speaking of the Assyrians invading Judah. And so it's a difficult time. Um, and in, actually, in the past, under King Ahaz, who's a king of Judah, uh, he had turned to the Assyrians for help. He gave them money out of the treasury, and the Syrians took the money, and they said, ah, ha, ha, we're going to keep it, and we're not going to help you, right? And so, uh, you know, he, he tried to look to the world for help, and he didn't find it. He was d- disappointed. And so here is, the, here is Isaiah, and the Lord speaking through Isaiah. Lord, you're gracious. We've waited for you, and that, you know, you will be our arm You'll be our salvation in the day of trouble. Um, You know, with Ahaz, that's the result of looking at and relying upon anything other than God. They were looking to the world, you know, and and when we look to other sources of the world, of human wisdom, um, you know, it can look appealing, but the end is always disappointing and detrimental. As with King Ahaz, but kind of like Israel you know, talked about how they would lean on Egypt, but that would be like a broken staff that would pierce their hand. You know, that's anything where we're looking to apart from the Lord, Him being our hope and our shield. And, and so in the past, Israel looked to Egypt and Assyria and were disappointed. But now the cries of the prophet is, Lord, be gracious to us. Uphold us, you know, because we have waited for you. Our salvation is in God. You know, instead of looking to any other source, now they're looking to the Lord. And it says, we have waited for you. And there's just two thoughts I wanted to consider with you this morning. You know, consider related to waiting. Um, You know, we, and the first thing is we have to wait for God. Right? And so in waiting, we have to wait for God and his timing and the way he wants to do things. You know, his plan. And of course, that waiting is really a form of surrender, isn't it? Because we have to surrender our way, and we have to wait for God's way. You know, kind of like Esther, when she was called into the king's house to be prepared, lots of the girls there said, I want this, that. They had a long list. I don't know what the list was. I'm sure it included lots of things you could imagine. Nice clothes and jewelry and everything that they had available. They probably had a long list of that. But, you know, Esther went to the king's chamberlain and says, I only want what you think I should have. Whatever you appoint to me, I'll receive. And, you know, that's my paraphrase. And, you know, that is the spirit of those who wait for God. Saying, Lord, move in your way, in your time. But when you move, help me to be ready. Prepare me to be ready. You know, a story from one of my favorite books, of course, you know what that is, Pilgrim's Progress, All right? We've studied that. But uh, one of the stories is of passion and patience, right? Because passion, well, Christian is led to the house of the interpreter, and one of the scenes he's shown is passion and patience, these two young boys. And passion is very discontented, and the interpreter says, uh, He says, because their governor would have him wait to receive the best things until the following year, but passion wants them now. He's not willing to wait, but patience is willing to wait. And so Christian sees that passion is given. He's not willing to wait, so he receives a bag of treasure, which he immediately takes it up rejoicing, and he laughs, patience to scorn. Ha, ha, ha. I've got my treasure. You don't have anything. But as Christian washes, passion goes out, and he spends it all lavishly until he has nothing but rags. But then the interpreter tells Christians that that these boys are illustrations of people who are mindful to please themselves, like like passion. You know, uh, they must have all the good things now and are not willing to wait for God's timing and obtain and you know focus on obtaining the good the good life. Now they're fulfilled for a short time, but then there's patience. Right after a while, he waits and he receives the best at the last, you know, he's willing to wait, Um, you know? And so I I, I like what it says, an interpreter told Christian that at the end, patience would have reason to laugh at passion because he waited. And it's such a profound story, right? They can speak to us of the need to develop a spirit to wait for God. Lord, I will wait for you. I'll wait for what you have for your plan, for how you want to move in my life, move in our family or whatever the circumstances. Of course, maybe we can even think of people in our, in our experience uh, who weren't willing to wait for God's timing. And maybe they got what they wanted. Maybe they had a good time for a while. Maybe they're even still having a good time. But we know what the end of the story is. Right? Because if we don't wait for God, there's disappointment. But when we wait for God, we're rewarded with God's best, what God has for us, what he's planned, what he's written before the, for us before the foundation of the world. And so there's waiting for God, but really the the, the next part, when you talk about waiting, and especially in the, the context of Isaiah, we have to wait on God. And that's the second part. It's And it's like the continual aspect. Right? We're waiting for God and so we don't move. But when we're waiting on God, that's continual. That's daily. That's day after day. Lord, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting to hear from you. I'm waiting to feed from you. And this waiting is very active. You know, we can wait for His word each day as we read it, uh, as we study it, and we look up different thoughts. And, you know, that's the real key. I mean, we can read good books, and we have good books in our fellowship. But you know, that can't replace a personal searching and a personal feeding and a personal discovery of what God is speaking to us today. Because God said, today, if you'll hear my voice. And so we want to to train ourselves to wait upon God. You know, it's like Paul said to the, uh, or the story of Paul leaving the Thessalonians who kind of kicked him out because of jealousy, because they saw people were were responding, but the leaders you know, kicked him out. Then he came to the town of Berea in Acts 17, and he says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with readiness of mind, and they searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. They were more noble because they had made a practice. They wanted to know God, and they searched to know him. And of course." You know, waiting on God also speaks of the thought of waiting in his presence. right? Waiting, you know, in the presence of God, in prayer, in worship. And a good verse, I think, that summarizes this concept is Psalm 46.10. The psalmist says, Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the heathen. I'll be exalted in the earth. And, you know, when you think about it, like, what are we trying to accomplish when we're waiting on God, it, its really—it's to be still, so that we will receive understanding of Him. We'll receive understanding of His ways, but also a trust and a confidence that He will be God over our situation. All right, that's why we go into His presence, Lord. I need a confidence that You're going to rule in this situation I'm facing. That You're in charge. And if I, have that, if I can receive that confidence in my heart, then I can go through whatever because I've waited on you and you'll be my strength. You'll be the, the arm that's going to uphold me. And so God wants to show us day by day the pathway you know, where we come to know him, where he's exalted in our lives and we open ourselves to his word and we're led by his spirit and we're shown that as we wait on him. You know, we do those things as we wait. And as we do that, it gives us a certain outcome. And we can, you know, I think that outcome is summarized so well in those verses in Isaiah and uh, a little bit later on, Isaiah 40. All right, Isaiah 40 29, where the prophet says, He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, He increases strength, even the young, the young ones. Right? And, and, of course, when he's saying the young ones, they're the ones who should have strength. Right? Mm-hmm. But he says, even they run out of strength. They shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Why? Because they're going to be mounted up on wings as eagles. And that's what the Lord said to, to Israel. You know, I caused you to mount up on eagles' wings. I carried you on eagles' wings. And that's what God wants to do as we wait on Him. He's going to lift us up and carry us through whatever situation we're facing. But it's because we've waited. We've waited for Him. We've waited on Him. There are some who were start... Oh, I actually didn't finish that, did I? They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. And so there's some who start off in strength like the young men But they faint and they're weary. Sometimes they even utterly fall, but it's because they didn't wait on the Lord so that they could have a renewal of that strength. Because if there's one thing that's certain, God will bring us to situations where our strength runs out, our ability runs out, our ability to be patient, our ability to be nice, our our ability to endure... That comes to an end. We come to the end of ourselves, right? I mean, that, that's, isn't that the, the turning point of the story of the prodigal son? He came to the end of himself. That's the only way we can change. It's the only way we can be transformed. God brings us to the end of ourselves. And so we will be brought to the end in many different situations. But who overcomes? Those who wait. Those who have waited on him. Who've waited for him. They mount up, they soar not because of their own strength, but because of the strength they receive from heaven. They'll run and not be weary, they'll walk and not faint. They won't pass out. You know, it's interesting after this trip to Romania, both Sarah and I both got a cold. Uh, Um, it's still in me. It's still it's in our bodies. But you know, I feel like like verse 31, that weary and faint, but not in my spirit. God just did wonderful things in that trip. You know, of good fellowship of God speaking. You know, he accomplished something. We're so grateful. So in our spirits, it's the opposite of our bodies. Uh, but we felt the Holy Spirit move and work in that trip. And it was wonderful and it was fruitful. But it was the Spirit of God moving. And that's what we need as we as we become those people who wait upon the Lord. And so I want to leave this little verse with you the Lord's given to our church. Isaiah 33, 2. Oh, Lord, be gracious to us. We have waited for you. Be our arm every morning, our salvation also in the time of trouble. Let's be those people who can make that declaration. Lord, I've waited for you. I've waited for your timing I've waited for you in your word. I've waited for you in prayer. I've waited in your presence because the outcome is he will lift us up. He will be, will be our salvation in time of trouble. And Lord, we're so grateful for your promise. Lord, for your word to us, we receive it by faith. And Lord, we pray that you would give us that heart. Lord, Of, of Lord, as Isaiah is sharing, that we can declare, Lord, we have waited for you. Lord, we have waited for your hand to move. We haven't moved without your guidance. Lord, we haven't tried to move on our own and we haven't looked to another source. And Lord, just cleanse away any other source from our hearts and from our lives. And Lord, that you would even give us a heart to even wait upon you. Lord, like those disciples, you told them, go and wait because then power would be released. And so Lord, we're waiting upon you. Lord, we're trusting in you. Oh, give us hearts to wait for all that you want to do, Lord, to wait upon your word, to feed upon the good things of your spirit and your life, we ask. And we thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.